0: Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. Well, a very pleasant good morning to you. This is Patrick Timpone, OneRadioNetwork.com. And uh, it is, uh, we're starting a little bit earlier this morning, on the 28th of July, uh, because our guest lives in Singapore. You'll see here, you'll see here, him on my right. His name is Jim Rogers. And he's a legendary investor. He's over about 10 books or so. He's been doing this since uh, 1964, investing and giving uh, analysis on the world economic situation. Uh, We are having, he's having a bit of a problem hearing me. We had our tech guy on trying to fix that and we weren't able to. So he's not hard of hearing. So if you can't hear me, Jim Rogers, please, good, good evening to you, sir. Just tell me to repeat and we'll get
1: through it. Good morning, Patrick. I'm delighted to be there. It's nighttime here. It's uh, almost tomorrow here, but good morning to you.
0: Yes, sir. And uh, why, why Singapore? You moved there when? I think when we last talked, you were teaching your, your family Mandarin, right? Your your, your daughters?
1: I, I, I moved here because I had babies and I wanted them to grow up knowing Asia and I wanted them to speak Mandarin in their lifetimes, Mandarin is going to be extremely important and Asia is going to be extremely important, it already is. Uh, So that part's working fine so far. That's why we came here. I see.
0: Can I get you to dip your camera down just a little bit? I'd like to get more of you just a bit. There you go. Perfect. Perfect. So um, your predictions with that, does it appear that you're on the right track with what's going on now with Russia? and China and, uh, and and their talk of reserve currency and such?
1: Well, we didn't move to Russia, we moved to China. No, I mean, China yeah. you know, China's going to be much more important. I mean, who knows, but in my analysis, Russia's not going to be nearly as important as China. And you know, if nothing else, if my daughters wind up working in Chinese restaurants, at least they're going to, make to be the maitre d', <laughs> they're not going to be the dishwasher. <laughs>
0: There you go. Well, what is your take on the talk of of, of Russia and China and, and the BRICS doing something that will begin to challenge the dollar with a basket? Or uh, Can you fill us in on what's going on there?
1: Yes, I think it's extremely important. You and I are Americans, and your listeners are Americans. You know, the U.S. dollar is the world's medium of exchange and the world's reserve currency now and has been for several decades. But... No country, no currency has been on top for more than 100, 125 years or so. So we're certainly getting late in the day. An international medium of exchange, Patrick, is supposed to be completely neutral. Hmm. Anybody can use it for anything, no matter what it is. Buy your girlfriend, drugs, whatever you want. (laughs) Anything you want, and it would be completely neutral. But Washington has started changing that washington if they don't like you <laughs> they will put sanctions on you say you cannot use the dollar maybe just take your dollars away from you yes <clears throat> now, many people in the world are starting to say wait a minute that's not the way it's supposed to be so for political reasons many countries are looking for something to compete with the dollar but also for economic reasons the united states is the largest debtor nation in the history of the world I don't like it, Patrick, but facts are nobody in world history has ever been as deeply in debt as we are. So for economic reasons and political reasons, people are looking for something to compete with the dollar. And most recent actions in Ukraine have just accelerated that, where literally Washington just took assets away from people. No trial, nothing. Just took them. Um, And also said to other people, you cannot use the dollar. Yeah. So even our friends, even many of our friends are saying, "Wait a minute. They might do that to us too." Yeah.
0: Is this a potential move with Saudi Arabia to join up with the BRICS coalition a big deal?
1: Well, of course it is. Saudi Arabia's got gigantic assets, hmm. not just underground, but in the bank yeah. as well. They don't have that many people, but they certainly have staggering amounts of money and staggering amounts of assets. So we certainly don't want to be enemies with the the Saudis. We certainly, like for them to be at least neutral, yeah. if not on our side. Uh,
0: the the uh, uh, petrol dollar, since Brenton Woods has been, I guess, the motherload. If I understand Jim Rogers, for um, to be able to print as many dollars as the as the Federal Reserve Bank of New York has, right? Because people needed dollars to buy oil. So, so but that's falling by the wayside, is it not? I mean people are beginning to sell their oil for other things than dollars
1: well as part of the same movement people are starting to say wait a minute (laughs) i'm not sure i want to be using us dollars because washington might try to take them away from me yes it might stop me somehow so yes uh, we we do have petrodollars and the world does trade a lot of oil in dollars but they're also starting to use other currencies too now again I don't like any of this, Patrick. Washington shooting itself in the foot, you know. They're making eventually making life bad for all of us because they're making mistakes.
0: No, and and can you even get your 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 head around and your mind around the idea that they're making this many bad decisions, or is this just uh, the empire folding slowly, folding?
1: Well, I'm old enough to know that they've been making mistakes a long, <laughs> long, long time yes. in Washington, and just in my lifetime. You know, that old fiasco in Vietnam with tens of thousands of American kids got killed yeah. all because of lies. Um, it's, that's not the only thing. I mean, Iraq, you know, the new, the new guys make mistakes, too. No, they keep making a lot of mistakes.
0: Yeah, sir. Um y- is it is it a safe things for our listeners to start thinking about hard assets, even if they don't know, you know, a tenth of what you know about the world? Um, I mean, is this going to be? Uh, well, let me put it like this: Central banks are going to continue to print. Will they not, Jim Rogers, to try to and stretch this out as long as they can?
1: Well, unfortunately, you're right. You know, the head of the Bank of Japan has said he will print, his word, unlimited Unlimited. amounts of money. Washington hasn't said it, but they've been doing it. Many countries have been printing huge amounts of money. The British said we'll print whatever it takes. So it's happening in a lot of places, and it's certainly happening. It's not good for the world, but they don't care. They care about their jobs.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, So gold and silver... uh assets hard assets they they should be a good a good bet at this point for our listeners
1: well i i own silver and gold i own real assets i own energy i own wheat i own a lot of stuff as real assets as you put it so i hope i hope you know when when you have inflation if you own the things that go up in price you at least protect yourself and might make money. Yes, sir. That historically, real assets, hard assets, call them what you will, are the place, a place to be.
0: Yes, sir. So the, the Federal Reserve Bank raising interest rates, their words to stop inflation, which they blamed on Putin and COVID. Do you think that this is going to do anything to slow the inflation that's happening right now?
1: It is a step in the right direction Uh, part of the problem patrick is these are the same guys who said there's no inflation and then they said oh okay there's inflation but it won't last long you know (laughs) now they're finally trying to do something so we know their judgment is hopeless Uh, maybe maybe inflation will be over now that they finally realize it's here and they have to do something but traditionally if you raise interest rates high enough you can kill inflation. But Patrick, in 1980, interest rates in the, on government treasury bills in the United States was over 20%. Yes, sir. That's not a typo. Over 20% because the inflation had gotten so bad and so out of control, the central bank had to go nuts and did.
0: Mm-hmm. And it took a long time, I guess it was during the Carter years and then what, uh, I guess Clinton, I don't know who was after that. Um, um, then gold went didn't it, did it not from that whole ten year span from about fifty dollars to what eight hundred and fifty or so a huge a huge move.
1: But to be precise, it went from thirty five to eight hundred and seventy. <laughs> see, you, you know right. that. You, Your numbers are good <laughs> enough.
0: They're pretty pretty close. Yeah, uh, I guess the smart money when uh, treasuries went up to fifteen or twenty whatever it was, they would buy long term treasuries and just sit back and. Go to Fiji or something and drink uh, little drinks with umbrellas in them. I mean,
1: phew. well, there had to be some people who did that. Yes, if you bought a thirty-year Treasury bill, you, a Treasury note yielding fifteen percent in nineteen eighty, well, it's matured by now, so you're out of it. But you certainly had a wonderful <laughs> investment for a long time for thirty years.
0: You had a long run. So um, the amount of money that the Fed creates as opposed to the private sector, they call that the bid to cover, something like that. How many people want the action? Do you think then that amount that the Fed is going to need to create is going to go up because of the people's lack of confidence worldwide on the dollar? (laughs)
1: for the lack of confidence in the central banks which leads to lack of confidence in the u.s dollar yes because of the actions that are taking place in washington yes as i said before the u.s dollar is still the world's reserve currency but more and more people are trying to find something to compete with it now because they don't have they're losing confidence in washington you should be losing confidence in Washington, too. We all should be. But at the moment, we, our discussion is about the U.S. dollar. And other countries, other banks are starting to look for something else.
0: Uh uh-huh. Many people, some of the people we've had on Jim Rogers on our show, very concerned about the situation in Europe and their whole banking sector and claiming that they're in worse shape than we are. Can you comment on that and what's going on in the EU and the financial sector there?
1: Well, some of the European, the Great Britain or United Kingdom, for instance, has got staggering debts. Mm. Uh, Italy has huge debts. Some of the European countries are very deeply in debt. Other Germany, well, even Germany's got debts now. There are some that are not as bad as others. But no, we have to be worried about all of them because the West has built up lots and lots of debt in the last few decades. And in Europe, they even have a declining population, you know. The, they're not having babies. They are having illegal immigrants now, which is helping them, just as it's helping us in the U.S. But no, they have demographic problems and debt problems.
0: Mm-hmm. And um, how is this war in Ukraine affecting the financial sector? Big picture, Jim Rogers. What uh, Other than how many billions that the Biden administration is sending to Ukraine. How is this going to affect uh, the financial world?
1: Well, when you say other than the debt, I mean the, the, the money that Biden they're is spending, and it. that is huge. Those yeah. are billions, if they're telling us the truth, but they usually don't. It's <laughs> certainly billions and billions of, of U.S. dollars they're spending on the war, but it's also having a, a big effect on the cost of living. You know, Ukraine and Russia produce huge amounts of grain and oil and natural gas Uh, you know we those countries provide a lot and fertilizer russia provides a lot of fertilizer a lot of the stuff we need comes from ukraine and russia and those prices are going up go to the grocery store you'll see i mean i know you have a butler and you don't go shopping (laughs) but (laughs) ask your butler He'll tell you that the price of everything is going up a lot.
0: (laughs) That's right. Do do, do you, in your opinion, um, do you think this food supply thing and what's going on with food um, uh, is uh, somewhat of a controlled issue? The people running things, they want to do this for some reason?
1: Well, uh, yes and no, Uh, of course. That is true of some governments, but no. The the main problem is agriculture has been a disaster for several decades. Yes, sir. Patrick, the average age of farmers in America is fifty eight. In Japan, it's sixty six. The highest rate of suicide in the UK is in agriculture. More people in America study public relations than study agriculture. I mean, something's got to happen soon. We're not going to have any clothes or any food because they're all dying uh, or getting old, too old to work, and that has to change. But we're not going to have any food. Uh, it's, it's starting to a little bit, but no, we have to have big, big changes. It's been a big disaster for a long time. So even if somebody is trying to manipulate it, there are bigger forces at play than just that.
0: I see. I see. Do you, what do you make of this uh, climate change meme and how this is going to be affecting investors?
1: Well, somebody's going to make a lot of money off the whole climate change movement. Whether climate is changing or not, that's not, that's not the first question. <laughs> the first thing is everybody is having to spend a lot of money on, because of climate change, so somebody's going to make a lot of money. Uh, on climate change, keep preparing for or preventing or whatever hmm. climate change, whether it's true or not. Yeah. There are plenty of people who say it's not true, but I'm just saying that doesn't matter whether it is or not. A lot of money is going to be made preparing for climate change.
0: Uh-huh. Uh huh. Here's an email from Paul. He is in Seattle, up there in the Northwest. Does your guest, Jim Rogers, believe that China will ultimately be? Uh, in control of the world as the United States has been for a long time?
1: Mm. Well, there's always, throughout history, there's been some number one nation. Uh, Yes, um, or at least one or two vying to be number one. The Spanish were number one for a while. The, the, The Dutch for a while, the English for a while. You know, the 19th century was a century of the U.K., Certainly the 20th century was the century of the US, so somebody is always moving up and somebody's always moving down. Mm -hmm. The only people I can see that are moving up now that I can see that are viable to be the next number one is China. They've got the population, they're very rich, are getting richer now, they're not so poor. They've got assets right there near Siberia with lots of natural resources. So I can see that China can be the number one. Will, will they be controlling everything? And I mean, your viewer said, your, the writer said that the US has been controlling everything. And he's right, we have been. Yeah. We're controlling lots of countries around the world. Whether China will become that strong or not, I don't know. China historically has not been one to go out and have foreign wars, not to get too many foreign engagements. For whatever reason, in there, they've had plenty of civil wars. They've killed each other yeah. many times, but they haven't had big wars like we in the U.S. have big international wars. So I don't know how far it might go with China, but they certainly are on the rise. And
0: if they really are as chummy with Russia as people claim, I mean, Russia has a lot of assets, right? Oil, gas, everything. Uh, it's big, I mean, huge.
1: actually, get out of the globe, you will see. <laughs> Russia and China together are two of the largest land masses in the world, uh, and they're right there together, and there are huge natural resources in Siberia. Yeah, it's a very good observation.
0: And this Silk Road thing is a big deal, isn't it? They're all over trying to connect everybody, Iran and India with uh, high-speed trains, all kinds of things.
1: Well, the, the, the Chinese have started something called the One Belt, One Road, program. Geography doesn't change very often in history. You know, when the Spanish and the Portuguese started sailing around the world 600 years ago, geography changed. When the railroad came 200 years ago, it changed geography. (laughs) Chicago exists because of the railroad. San Francisco exists because of the railroad. Well, their one belt, one road uh, project is a huge, gigantic project, which is going to change geography. Mm -hmm. And it's making progress now who knows how it will end up but it might be one of the most uh, important things in the 21st century huh.
0: is there a way for investors like yourself or even our listeners to invest in those kinds of projects if they're gonna
1: really <coughs> well hmm. if, is there way? you can get out a map because it's all public knowledge where they're going um if you, if you invested in denver when the railroad boom came to America, you got rich. Hmm. Some places the railroad didn't go. You never heard of them because they disappeared. Yes, sir. So if you get out the map of the globe and see where the One Belt, One Road project is going, you might make a lot of money.
0: Mm-hmm. So, uh, over the long term, and what you've been investing in and people that you work with, to, to talk a little bit about your strategy of. Of, I um, of, uh, always talk about having a diversified. How did you look at things over the last 50 years? And, and how did you, what did you do the best at um, over those years? In what, in what asset yeah. classes?
1: patrick did this concept of diversifying is something that brokers came up with so they wouldn't get sued <laughs> you know if you diversify, if they diversified your portfolio and it went down they it's say like we were diversified yeah. you know couldn't something had to go down uh but i mean people like henry ford didn't diversify they put all their eggs in one basket they watched the basket very 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 carefully But Henry Ford became unbelievably rich because he did not diversify. The head of IBM didn't diversify. Microsoft, they didn't diversify. I mean, now they diversify because they got so much money. But the guys who focus and concentrate put all their eggs in one basket. They watch the basket very, very, very carefully because if something happens to the basket, you go bankrupt with that kind of approach. But if you want to be rich, that's how you do it. Hmm. You don't diversify.
0: You go with what you believe is a winner and you, you stay with it, like a Buffett
1: type. That's how it. you get rich. Yeah. I mean, it's it's whether we like it or not. If you want to be rich, you've got to find the, the one or two or a few things that are going to do extremely well. And you jump in. You, make, you do a lot of research. You make sure you know what you're doing. Yes. And if you get it right uh, and you stay on top of it, you'll get very, very rich. You won't get rich if you're diverse. I'm not saying you should, people should not diversify. I'm just explaining that if you want to be unbelievably rich, you don't diversify.
0: I can recall uh, when we talked to you 10 years ago, wow, a long time, that you and and have been, some of the articles I read, uh, agriculture has been on your radar for a long time, just agriculture, right?
1: well yeah a long time I I don't know which how you define it but yes 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 no I I know what's happening in the world I am an American and I see what's happening as I said before nobody in America studies agriculture anymore they study public relations or computers or whatever Mm -hmm. nobody wants to be a farmer I mean you probably went to school nobody you went to school with became a farmer You know, they went into broadcasting or computers or something, on Wall Street or something else. So we've got a shortage of farmers all over the world. It's it's happening everywhere, not just in the U.S.
0: It seems that water is going to be a a big one right now already in in the Phoenix area and other places around the world. Is there a way that we can invest in water if we think that that is going to be? Well,
1: there are a few water companies, but they're not. The answer to your question is, if there is, I don't know it. Okay. Uh, I'm certainly looking. I know that water is developing big shortages in many places in the world. If you can, the part of the problem is, if you own water, then the politicians say, oh, you're a filthy, filthy, filthy capitalist trying to make money off water. So you have to find the guys who make the pumps Or the guys who have the pipelines or something, who distribute the water. Owning water is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful thing, uh, especially if you're supplying water to the world. But you're an easy target for politicians.
0: I live in Texas, Jim Rogers, and I remember Boone Pickens. I don't even know if he's still around, but I recall that he got out of the oil thing and went into water a long time ago. I think 15, 20 years yeah, ago.
1: Unfortunately, Boone died about two years. Oh, ago. Oh, did he? Did he? Um, he was a wonderful guy. But no, he saw what was coming. He he got a, he he had he had a big ranch up in uh, the the Panhandle. Yeah. He had huge amounts of water. The one reason he built that ranch was because he wanted all the water.
0: Ah, ah. And then, of course, there are lots of stories about Bill Gates buying farmland. Uh, that's pretty interesting. I mean, that's pretty smart.
1: Well, I don't know if Bill Gates is smart or not, but he's certainly been successful a time or two. Yeah. He's uh, yeah. certainly been extremely successful a time or two. So, yeah, I mean, I happen to think he's doing the right thing. But Patrick, I make many mistakes. Yeah. Well, what's,
0: what's one you of them? talk
1: about mistakes all day long. Yeah. You want to talk about my first wife? Oh, my God, what a mistake that was. <laughs> huh. So I make plenty of mistakes.
0: Yeah. There's a, great, there's a great idea about that uh, masters, uh, spiritual masters and masters in anything, make more mistakes than their students ever did. They just, that's the way it works, isn't it?
1: Well, I am sure that that's correct. Uh, that's part, it's a good way to learn. Yeah. I, I mean, it's a hard way to learn. It's a painful way to learn. But it's certainly, I learned more from my mistakes than I did from my successes. Yes, sir. You know, when you have a success... You're all cocky and you think you're smart. When you have a mistake. You It hits you in the face and you have to think long and hard about it.
0: I can recall I started a food company years ago from scratch and just never borrowed any money and did really well. Sold the company and then five years later took the money I made to do another business like a food company, Jim Rogers, and I thought I knew what I was doing, right? Thought I knew what I was doing. I had a lot of money and I blew it. And it's just the whole thing because I was just brain dead isn't that interesting how that works
1: it happens it's a common story it happens to a lot of people <laughs> you know success can be your can be your ruination. Yeah. you start to think you're smart yeah. that's when you should close the curtains go to the beach calm down for a long time <laughs> you know that's a that's a very dangerous time
0: i know it's just it's interesting too and boy it's it's easy to spend money isn't it i mean you see people opening up restaurants and they borrow all this money and buy all the best stuff, you know, which is what I did. in my second business. And boy, it's just a disaster. It's just a recipe for disaster.
1: Well, we all know shuttered restaurants, closed restaurants all over the world. Yeah. It's not just in Texas.
0: Mm-hmm. What kind of things do you invest locally in Singapore? Tell us a bit about Singapore. Some Is there some uh, opportunities there for you?
1: Well, Singapore has been one of the great success stories for a nation over the past 50, 60 years or Mm -hmm. so. Mm -hmm. Probably the most successful country over the last 50 years. I mean, certainly Japan was a massive success for a long time. China's been a great success for 30 years or something. But Singapore was the most successful country, probably over 50 years. I would say Singapore has been the most successful country. It went from a swamp with 500,000 people to one of the richest nations in the world with five or six million people now. Uh, I mean, that's nothing, there are cities in Texas that are bigger than than Singapore, but it has had enormous success. And everything works. since I lived in New York, which is very exciting, but nothing worked. (laughs) Nothing worked in New York. Uh, Everything works in Singapore. You know, hospitals, travel, schools, Everything works there. It's a very easy place to live.
0: What kind of banking structure, Jim Rogers, do they have at the top? Do they have a central bank that they borrow from, like in the United States, or do they create they their do, own they currency?
1: They do have a central bank, uh, but again, it's a country of 5 million people, 5 or 6 million people, hmm. so it's, it's not like even Korea or something. No, they do have a central bank, but they, more than many, they, they have to, they're subject to what's going on in the world. If the American central bank scratches its ear, it affects Singapore. If Singapore scratches its ear, nobody notices even in Singapore. Because it's a very small country.
0: So big picture, when we talk about the dollar possibly having a really hard time going forward, that people are predicting for a year, but now it's very strong. How does that affect other currencies? I don't quite understand if everybody all these people are pegged to the dollar, will they pull their peg away from the dollar, Jim Rogers? Will they pull it away?
1: Yes, yes, yes. Uh, there was, uh, in the 19th century, uh, or the 20th century, uh, the 19th century, uh, the changed in the 20th century. The pound sterling mm-hmm. was the world's reserve currency and number one medium of exchange. In many countries, the value of their currency was tied to the value of the British pound. Now many countries peg the value of their currency to the U.S. dollar. Uh, as I say, that's starting to, people are starting to question that hmm. just as they eventually question the British pound. Uh, for many reasons, we're questioning the U.S. dollar now, but some countries at times, if things get really bad, they, they swap their own, they use the U.S. dollar as their, as their currency. Yeah, I mean, at one point in Ecuador, you couldn't use Ecuador money. They only used U.S. dollars. It's just how Zimbabwe had happened at one time. Mm-hmm. If a country gets desperate, they will use U.S. dollars because it, in the past anyway, it's been a sound currency.
0: Mm-hmm. So if a, a country takes their currency off of the dollar peg, they just, they do this on the, uh, how do they get a, how do they, how do they get people to want the the currency? I, I'm kind of confused how that works. I mean, is it just confidence well, and whatever? They
1: make it illegal to use something else. It huh. put you in jail. Yeah. You know, in the, in the <laughs> 1930s at one point, the Bank of England, which was the most important bank in the world at the time, said, all right, from tomorrow, if you use anything for money except our money, the Bank of England, the largest central bank in the world, it's an act of treason. Hmm. Well, Patrick, treason means they execute you. Yeah. So, needless to say, people stopped using other money and they used the Bank of England's money. Uh, central banks have a lot of power, and they have—they have the guns. Yeah. You, I don't have many guns. Nothing like the central banks. None of us do. So, if the central banks dictate something, and they will, they dictate the monopoly. They have the control.
0: Yeah. What do you, this talk of a central bank digital currencies that people believe are on the horizon, what's your opinion on these and you think that's going to happen?
1: Well, in China it's all right. I mean, you cannot take a taxi in China with money. Really? You, you, you have to have your phone. Your money. telephone, you yeah. You can't buy an ice cream can't buy an ice cream in china with money you have to have your phone money yes so it's all it, they the chinese are ahead of the rest office but everybody's working on it now including washington now we're all going to have computer money crypto money phone money calling what you will eventually yes, uh but in my view it's going to be government money i don't think that when the u.s government says okay guys now this is money now yeah you see this phone? This is where your money... But if you want to use that money over there, you can use that other money, too. That's not the way they think in Washington. It's not the way bureaucrats are think anywhere. They want control. They want to be in charge.
0: But I, we don't know what the money supply is. If, if I was on a game show, I would guess it's $40 trillion. I don't know. It's, it's a lot. You know, $45 It's tri- a lot. It's yeah. a lot of money
1: you and I got put together. Yeah, yes,
0: yeah, sir. So, I mean... How can you, you just can't declare those $45 trillion, or whatever the number is, Jim Rogers, you just can't declare them, you can't do that anymore, use them anymore, can you?
1: Mm-hmm. What well, you can't do what anymore? In other
0: words, say there's $45 trillion out there and they're gonna do this central bank digital currency. You think then they try to force everybody to turn their dollars into this new digital thing? Yeah, yeah, no, it, that's
1: what they will do. They will say, If you want to use money, you have to use this. Uh, wow. Now, the, the risk to that, uh, the problem with that, is there will, the reason there will still be money is because if the electricity goes down, nobody's got any money. Uh, if the internet goes down, nobody's got any money. Mm. So there will still be money as you and I know it. It may gradually disappear or lose its... It will certainly not be much of it. But the government's very keen. They love that because... It's, they don't have to print money. They don't have to transport it. They don't have to do anything. And Patrick, they know everything you do. Everything. Everything. Yeah. They'll call you up one day and say, Patrick, you've been drinking too much coffee this month. <laughs> Cut down on your coffee. Yeah. They'll know everything you do. They love that. I yeah. mean, I don't like it, but they love it.
0: And then so it's coming. And many believe it's going to be tied into your social credit score like they do in China, right? And if you've been bad on Facebook or you know things like that. They'll, uh, you know.
1: Well, I don't. I don't know how why that would affect my uh, the amount of money. Well, obviously, if somebody has a bad, if somebody's a criminal, they don't make as much money if they're right. a decent, honest, hardworking citizen. But uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know that that's going to. If you're a good computer programmer, I don't know if it matters what your social credit score isn't. is.
0: So there's uh-huh. been a lot of talk about. This uh, Great Reset, Uh, can you give us your take on what you think this is? Have we just covered it in our talk here, pretty much? What's going on?
1: Well, I mean, I will repeat a recurring theme. Governments love to control, and they love to be in charge. And right now, there's a huge amount of debt in the world. The government especially has a gigantic amount of debt. And they know eventually they're going to have to do something one way or the other. Hmm. And a simple solution would be just wipe it out. Government just says, okay, the debt's gone now. We don't owe anybody anything. That's that's They, they love solutions like that. It doesn't cost them anything. Uh, it's just the poor citizens who have to pay for it. They don't care about the poor citizens. Uh, so, yeah, something like that might happen. It is certainly... Countries have gone bankrupt over the last few hundred years, and when they go bankrupt, the debtors, you know, get wiped out. Huh. The creditors get wiped out. The debtors come out on top.
0: Wow. You're such a realist about this. It's so, so interesting to talk to you that you just seem very um, realistic about what these people can or will do.
1: Well, maybe because I've read enough history, <laughs> it's always fascinating what's going on in the world. Yes, sir. And I'm always extremely keen on what has happened, because no matter how strange it's May, sound, Patrick, somebody's done it. <laughs> somebody's already done it somewhere, uh, and it'll happen in the U.S. too.
0: Even in the Roman times, did they not? They would clip the coins to just cut? back on the amount of gold that were in the coins. I mean, there was always a way to inflate the currency, right? They always had ways. Well,
1: it was actually silver. The Romans did it with silver. They they, did with they silver. just clipped off the silver. So <laughs> it got smaller and smaller, lesser and less silver. And, and So if you've got some silver at home, Patrick, put it under the bed. Yeah, yes, sir. <laughs> okay.
0: Yes, sir. Uh, a couple more questions, then we'll let you go. Thanks for staying up so late. Matthew wants to know, does your guest Jim Rogers believe that long-term Bitcoin will survive long-term. I don't know what he means by long-term, but.
1: Well, but my answer to your question is that as long as it survive is what? Is Bitcoin going to be the currency for the world? Many of the advocates say, well, Bitcoin is going to be the new money. My answer to that is no, because governments will not lose control and they want to be in charge and they want to regulate everything. Yes, sir. But if it's a trading vehicle, I mean, who cares? Uh, I know people who trade it all the time, good traders. Now, it may, some of them make money, some of them lose money, but if it's just a trading vehicle, it can be around till the end of time. Roulette wheels are around till it, sure. for many, many, many decades, many years, and nobody cares. So if Bitcoin or cryptocurrency just are trading vehicles, fine. Yeah. It's if somebody tries to make it money. In my view, governments, that's not the way governments think. They want control. They want to regulate everything. Yes, sir.
0: So, as long as it's just a gambling platform like other stuff, you'll think they'll just let it go, maybe. They'll let it be.
1: Yeah, I didn't say crypto is not necessarily a gamble, but it is a trading vehicle. Mm. And if that's all it is, it's not a threat to anybody. If it becomes a threat to governments and bureaucrats, then they do something.
0: Mm-hmm. This is from Leroy. Does your all oh, right? Just lost my headphone. Does your guest have any opinion what he believes the the new energy sources will be? Could it be hydrogen? Well,
1: hydrogen certainly has a enormous. Possibilities and prospects. Yes, sir. No question about that. Uh, I I would say yes, that does. If there if we can capture enough of it, I would. I know that people are starting to look at nuclear energy again. Mm -hmm. Nuclear is actually cleaner than anything else and cheaper than anything else. As long as you are careful, it's great. That's right. Lasts forever. If you make a mistake, now it's a nightmare. It's a disaster. But I don't think many people have died from nuclear energy in the last 50 years or so. There have been two or three accidents, yes, 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 yes. Uh, I'm just saying, though, that I know in Europe they're starting to regret having closed down some of their nuclear power because the option is coal, and coal, we know coal is nasty and dirty. So, some of them are starting to look at nuclear again. The Chinese, of course, are building a lot of nuclear electricity plants. Uh, France has got huge numbers of electricity plants. So, if you're careful, nuclear power is great. If you have a mistake, it's not so great. Yeah. yeah. It's not so great.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: but I would suspect that nuclear has got a better future than most of us think of right yeah, now. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Taiwan, um, are you close to Taiwan and where you are, Singapore, Taiwan?
1: Well, closer than Texas. Yeah. It's, it's a few, you know, a few thousand miles, but it's, oh, is it? it's nothing like from Texas to London yeah. or something. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, do you have an opinion about what may or may not happen there? Have you been following... I guess the whole Taiwan issue has been around for a while, has it, Jim Rogers, about the United States saying well, you can't do that?
1: Well, my, my view is the U.S., should just leave it alone because I, China's been around a few thousand years. You look at a globe, eventually Taiwan's going to be part of China again, whether we like it or not. But it doesn't have to happen this week. The Chinese have often been very patient about things like that. Now, I don't know. I cannot speak for the Chinese, but I wish we, we, the U.S., would stay out of it. I'm not sure what we're gaining by getting into somebody else's fight. Um, That's the threat. The threat is Washington. To me, the threat is more Washington than, than Taiwan or Beijing. Yes, sir. Because I'm afraid Washington keeps wanting to have a war.
0: That's what they do, right?
1: terrible, Patrick. I'll tell you a horrible statistic. Yes, sir. The American country started in 1789. Mm -hmm. And in all but 15 years, we've been at war somewhere.
0: All but 15 years. Wow. Wow.
1: Yes. It's just, I mean, it is heartbreaking. I love my country, but that's a heartbreaking statistic. But if you just look back at our history, we all, those guys in Washington love wars. They do. And it somehow or another, they get away with it.
0: And I see the uh, latest defense defense budget could be probably be called the offense budget. Maybe I think it's close to eight hundred fifty billion now. I mean that's a lot of money.
1: I'm sure it's more than that. That's, I mean that's a staggering amount of money. But that's small change in Washington. Yeah, that's you know, that's, that's been, just
0: what uh, what they say it is, right? All the dark money. A lot of exactly yeah, a lot of dark money goes in that to, to start these wars. Well, okay, here's a good question. Sylvia, I'm really concerned about the future of our country. I live in Florida, even though it's a good state, and we have DeSantis as our governor. Does Jim Rogers have any advice or where else I could live if I wanted to get out of the United States?
1: <laughs> well, I love Florida, too. Uh, if I were in the United States, I would probably be living in Florida. Yes, sir. I live in Singapore for the reasons I've explained before, but if I lived in the U.S., I might very well live in Florida. So I agree with you about Florida, and I certainly agree with you about the future of our country. We're the largest debtor nation in the history of the world. The deaths are going higher every day. We love wars. We love getting telling other people what to do, which doesn't make us friends. We have troops stationed in over 100 countries around the world. That's not doing any of us any good making enemies in a lot of those countries. So I'm very worried about the future of the United States. Hmm. I have two teenage daughters. You know, the world, I mean, it's a good time to be an old American, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to pay those debts. My children, though, it's not a good time to be a young American. Sylvia is very smart. Uh, I don't know how old Sylvia is, but I'm just saying my teenage daughters, are inheriting nightmares. I'm too old to have to worry about it too much. But what America's gonna be in 20, 50 years, who knows? In the 1920s, 100 years ago, United Kingdom, Britain was the richest, most powerful country in the world. There was no number two. Was no number two. 50 years later, Britain was bankrupt. Hmm. The IMF had to fly into London airport and bail out Britain wow. in only 50 years, hmm. which is not very long in, the, in the terms of world history or even our history. Yes. You know, so I don't know how old Sylvia is, but in just 50 years, the UK went from far and away number one to bankrupt. Hmm. So it can, it has happened often in history, can happen and will happen. And I don't see anybody in Washington who has a clue about what's going on.
0: That's true. So finally, we have listeners, a lot of Can- Canadians, Americans, people in Australia are to listen to our show. Give them, before you go, uh, some advice on some basic things they should be looking at with their finances now. Just some general ideas to what they well, should be thinking Patrick,
1: about. As far as finances are concerned, people should not listen to hot tips. Don't listen to some guy you hear on the internet. If you want to be a successful investor, invest only in what you yourself know a lot about. Mm -hmm. If I told you, Patrick, you can only have 20 investments in your life, you'd be very careful. You wouldn't jump in and out of a lot of things. You'd wait patiently until you found something you know was gonna be good. And you would do more research and you would invest. That's how to be a successful investor. Now, somebody might say, well, that's boring. Be boring. You want to be a successful investor. Be boring. <laughs> be, okay? bo- be boring. Be boring and be rich.
0: Huh. Oh, a quick Rather one. Be
1: boring and rich. Yeah. Then, then poor and interesting. Uh,
0: physical gold and silver, nothing safe. But that's a pretty good uh, thing at this point, isn't it? It's got to be, right?
1: As you said, nothing safe. I own gold and silver. Got it right here in my pocket. Some of it. You know, I'm an old peasant, Patrick. And also old peasants know that if things go wrong, we better have some gold in the closet. Better have some silver under the bed. So uh, I am not buying it at the moment, but if it goes down some more or something happens, I plan to buy more gold and silver. Been around for a few thousand years. It's not always great, but better than most things. Uh, if you look out you and want to invest in yes, sir. it will probably get you through you know us peasants know that when things <laughs> go bad, we want to have some silver and gold
0: <laughs> peasants. do you think we 'll see a day, Jim rogers, when the spot price is not as controlled as it is in gold and silver the spot price not price
1: right. at- I, 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 I don't it, maybe somebody's controlling the price of gold and silver, but i'm very skeptical of that. Oh, really, they're not smart enough. Well, Patrick, if somebody is controlling the price of silver, it would take 1000s of people all over the world, It could just be you and me sitting here on the internet controlling the price of silver, it'd have to be 1000s of people all around the world. And somebody would talk, you know, somebody this too big a secret, somebody would have let the cat out of the bag. Too many people too many years. This, I don't see how this could have been happening,
0: Mr. Rogers. Thanks so much for staying up late. I know it's about eleven o'clock there, um, and you have ten books. Uh, I think a, a Bull in China would be a good one for people to read. Right? That's a that's a great book.
1: Well, I mean, people should read what they what they want. Uh, you know, one of my books is a gift to my children, where I I wrote a book so that for lessons that I wanted to make sure I passed on to my children. When they're nine years old, they don't want to understand it. So it's really built, written for 32-year-olds. You know, for people who are older, it's lessons in life, lessons in investing. But a, a nine-year-old wouldn't understand some of the things that I say. Yeah. Like, be on time to your appointments or things like that.
0: Yeah, the uh, book he's talking about is A Gift to My Children. And then he's got another book done on China. So, again, Mr. Rogers, thank you. It's been an honor to talk to you. You take care of yourself. And... Uh, and uh, let us know if we can help with anything, sir. Well,
1: thank you, Patrick. It's been fun. I think you know you pointed out how late it is. I guess I'll go to the disco now.
0: Yes, <laughs> you go out. Thank you, Jim Rogers. Take care of yourself, sir.
1: Good night. Good, good night. Good see you in Texas. See, see you somewhere. Come on, Texas. Thank, thank you.
0: Thank you. Everybody bye else bye is bye. moving to Texas, sir. You might as well, too. Uh, Patrick Timponi, Jim Rogers. And what a guy. He's been at this 50 years. A lot of books. And um, just Pretty reasonable advice, wouldn't you say? Invest in what you know. So we know one thing. We're going to give a little plug here to my friend Fred Dashevsky, who I've known Fred for 25 years. And um, here's his company. If you want to buy some gold and silver, as Mr. Rogers just suggested, you get some in your closet, in your underwear drawer, silver under your bed, or wherever you want to put it, just so it's safe. We like uh, numismatic coins. Real American money. Um, that's our fave. Because, um, well, they have a limited value. So, they're made at the mint. And they've, uh, they're have they not going to make any more. Uh, as you know, our currency uh, since 1965 has been copper rather than real silver. And you can buy pre-1965 dimes and quarters and halves and silver dollars from Fred Jashevsky at U.S. Coin Capital, or, and this is what they call currency silver, so if silver goes up a lot, which it probably will in the next five, ten years, you're going to have, uh, you know, spending money. <laughs> you know, you'll have some, you know, who knows what the fate of the dollar is at this point, right? We have no idea. So, that's an option with calling 800 800-878-2646, 800-878-2646. And then, if you want to get sexier, a little having a little bit more fun, you can buy some uh, numismatic coins. These are coins with collectible value, like uh, the biggest ones are $20 gold pieces. And um, you can then purchase those. Those are in plastic um, packages, all sealed. They are graded, and they have numismatic value, meaning they have collector value, and then also, you're getting uh, so much uh, silver or mostly gold. Uh, $20 gold pieces or $20 worth of gold. Or they used to spend them as 20 bucks. And these are very nice to have because as more and more people look to things that have a, a limited um, number out there, supply and demand, then the prices um, will go up uh, as long as, along with the price of gold and silver. So numismatics are really cool. Uh, They're easy to store, you know, easy to keep safe, and they're graded, and you know whatever you're getting is what you're getting. You know, it's it's the real thing. So there you have it. Uh, Fred Dashevsky at U.S. Coin Capital, 800-878-2646. 800-878-2646. Thanks for your ongoing support. We're going to take a break here and we will be back uh, tomorrow and we'll have our Friday session and we have lots to talk about. Uh, we do a lot of, um, you know, spiritual philosophy and how to stay younger, longer, uh, what to do in that regard. We, we label the Friday show. It takes a long time to get young, so we talk a lot about that. And we're learning more and more every day uh, with our own personal experience. And so if you'd like to Live longer, healthier, and not go to the doctor. Join us tomorrow at uh, 10 o'clock Central. We started a little bit earlier this morning because it was 13-hour time difference for Jim Rogers in Singapore. We should go visit Singapore. I heard Singapore. that's a beautiful place. Never been. So I will see you tomorrow at uh, 10 o'clock. Thanks for your support. We really appreciate you considering our website if you um, are looking for something as far as um, help, taking care of yourself with all of our products, with the hydrogen, uh saunas, uh, Sir Thrival, Shen Blossom, the Blue Shield, to protect you, keep you stronger, you know, under, with all the EMFs. A lot of really, really nice products on OneRadioNetwork.com. All right. Love you all. See you tomorrow. It will be the, almost, I guess it was the last day, what, the 29th of uh, July on OneRadioNetwork.com. And uh, may the blessings be. Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is one com.